Welcome to the APS Soup to Nuts podcast, where we explore the Attleboro Public Schools in greater depth. I'm David Sawyer, Superintendent, and with me today are three of our partners helping us to tackle the issue of suicide education and awareness. They are Anne-Marie Matulis, Director of the Bristol County Regional Coalition for Suicide Prevention, uh, which is out of the state's Department of Public Health. Jackie O'Brien, Attleboro's Public Health Nurse and Coordinator of the Greater Attleboro Area Suicide Prevention Coalition and Carrie Ballou, Community Relations for Fuller Hospital. Anne-Marie, Jackie, Carrie, welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. Um, please tell us a little bit about your work and how it brought you in partnership with the Attleboro Public Schools. I guess I'll start. Uh, Anne-Marie Matulis here. Um, I work for the Department of Public Health as a consultant for suicide prevention. And my one of my responsibilities is to cover the work here in Bristol County. And over the last 12 years in particular, Slow but slow, we've been reaching out to all the different schools within the county. Um, and, and then three years ago, we started the new Greater Attleboro Area Suicide Prevention Coalition. So our focus then came in to focus on northern Bristol County. Primarily, um, you're going to correct me, Jackie, um, Attleboro, North Attleboro, Mansfield, Foxboro, Plainville, what did I miss? Rehoboth, Rehoboth and Seacat. Uh, yeah. And so, because we already had an established group in Taunton, so that was taking care of that part of northern Bristol County. And it's a matter of just coming over. We started with some very basic um, public art, um, activities, uh, a couple of trainings that we did. Uh, we had a wonderful little community conversation over at the Attleboro Public Library. And then last year in particular, um, we've had a, some contact with the Attleboro Public Schools, but at the end of last year, 2018, into the beginning of 2019, it became more um, urgent because there had been a loss uh, to suicide by one of the students here, and the family reached out to us, and then it just catapulted. Um, you all reached out to us to come in and talk with the faculty, so we've already begun work over front and middle. Um, very happy to be doing that. We have an event coming up in May that we'll be talking about. So to work with the Attleboro schools from the state's perspective and from Bristol County, the regional, embraces the Greater Attleboro Coalition. And it's to do a long-term strategic planning of how do we bring emotional wellness, um, quality of life, address the ups and downs of kids just growing up naturally, but also those kids who have have some emotional problems and make sure that we can pull together uh, in a public health wraparound any and every resource we have at our fingertips. I just learned about three more last night when I was on a Twitter chat that I didn't know. And my first thought was I'm going uh, out of our public schools, out of our public schools. <laughs> um, so we bring a wealth of information with us. This is a major public health concern um, and, and we need to beat it. Well, we're really lucky to have you as a, as a partner in this, uh, in this work. Here. Uh, Carrie, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Sure. So um, I do community relations and liaisoning for Fuller Hospital. Fuller is a 102 inpatient psychiatric community hospital here in Attleboro. We also offer outpatient services for individuals um, with mental health and co-occurring disorders, which are mental health and substance abuse, uh, both children and adults. And Fuller is, has been a prominent part of this community in terms of mental health and substance abuse since about 1935. So we have a lot of history. And when I came on about two and a half years ago to Fuller, it was around the same time that our new, uh, a new CEO, CEO came on board, Rachel, Fuller, uh, Rachel Legend. And we both realized how important it was 
for people to know who what that that house on the hill was and what what we do and to create strong partnerships with people in our community because we both have a passion for serving the community that we're in and the greater Attleboro community and um, Massachusetts as a whole, but more importantly, the people in our backyard. So I had the pleasure of getting to know um, some folks on um, for the on the or uh, through the Attleboro School District as a result of some community partnerships. My primary role as community relations for Fuller is to um, connect people with our services and to also be a communication outlet for anybody who has questions or feedback and vice versa. And to really make sure that we are letting folks know what kind of mental health resources are available in our area. Well, again, it's, it's great to have such a community partner. Jackie, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? So good morning. I'm Jackie O'Brien. I have been the public health nurse for the city of Attleboro for 15 plus years now, and I have a well-established um, relationship with the school system for a variety of different roles, whether it be communicable disease, immunizations, um, and I work closely with the school nurses especially. So several years ago, um, Anne-Marie had been coming to meetings that we both commonly attend, and basically with a call to action, um, numbers in Bristol County for deaths by suicide were increasing. So sh long story short, I reached out to Anne-Marie and accepted her call to action. Um, I didn't know what I was doing and I was quite <laughs> frank with her about that. I mean, I knew um, only a little bit about suicide education and awareness through going to nursing school and other things. Um, I had attended a QPR training, which is question, persuade, refer that Anne-Marie had offered many years ago to the public, to the public health nurses in the Southeast region. So I had been through, you know, I had been through that training. So um, basically, you know, she and I met, we conducted a couple of small focus groups with people from the school system, community other community partners from mental health agencies, concerned citizens to start getting our feet wet and dipping our toe in as to what we could do in the greater Attleboro area in terms of raising um, awareness. So as Anne-Marie had already mentioned, we've had trainings, we've had community conversations. Our most recent event was in March where we had an informal town hall where we had um, concerned community members and other entities come in to hear what people think that is missing in terms of efforts in uh, suicide awareness. So we've conducted that. And again, that's part, that was our kickoff for the plan that we were working with for the school system. Um, so again, we're just working closely with all our partners. We're one of four sub-coalitions under the Bristol County Regional Coalition for Suicide Prevention, and we support their efforts and they support our efforts, and we're happy to be part of this. So as you allude to, Jackie, you support the schools in many different ways, and I just wanted to take a, this opportunity to say thank you for all the work that you do for the schools, and oh. we're very happy to uh, have you helping on this one, too. Yeah, no problem. Hey, healthy healthy people makes better lives for everybody. And part of <clears throat> my big focus in Anne-Marie's and Carrie's is we talk about normalizing the conversation about suicide awareness and education, and that's really what we're doing. And since the beginning of the year, it just is starting to really, uh, it's really starting to pick up all the seeds that we have sown are, st are starting are starting to grow rather rapidly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, that connects really well to uh, you know my perspective on this issue. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of us had a, a an educational experience where you know schools you know focused on providing an educational opportunity, and it was really up to families and students 
to make the most of that. And if something got in the way of that, that was on the family to worry about. Um, but now, um, where we're concerned about making sure that all students uh, are successful, um, we need to do more to make sure that everyone can access what we're offering. And so that means being more sensitive to the kinds of issues that students and families are facing. Uh, because as you said, you know, it, 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 we, we want people to be healthy because healthy people are, um, you know, better poised to make the most of, of life's opportunities. And we've come to realize that you can't educate somebody who um, isn't well. So uh, we have really begun to focus on what we see as some of the obstacles to student access uh, to our learning opportunity. And uh, we have uh, real concerns around uh, mental health in, 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 in general, but certainly uh, suicide as a particular issue is something that uh, has come to our attention as something that we need to be focused on. I think kids are facing challenges that none of us could have even dreamt of as, as, as kids their age. Um, you know, I'm raising two uh, middle, school, middle school age boys myself. Uh, um, I know that in many ways they have it much tougher uh, than I'll just say that I did. So with that all being said, we, we know that we need to, to, to focus on this, but as an educational institution, we're a little bit out of our depth on this topic. So we knew we needed to reach out to the experts if we were going to really do well by students. So could you tell our listeners just a little bit about uh, the partnership that we've been founding and some of the work that's been done? I know you talked a little bit about uh, some work done at Brennan. And so mm -hmm. you know, if you could just tell people you know, what kinds of things we're actually doing and what we have planned for uh, the future. Absolutely. So starting with Brennan, um, I, I first met with the principal and the um, guidance counselor. And that's that was the conversation. And we brought in a couple of the students there. And, and, and I said, you need to talk to the kids. So we asked the kids, what would you like? And they would like, a, they said they would like a safe haven. They were using the term mental health club because there is one here already at the high school. Um, one of the girls, um, and, and I need to stress that these girls lost their brother to suicide. So they wanted to do something very proactive. They wanted to do something very long-term and long-lasting. And even then, they picked up on, they, didn't, they weren't comfortable using that word mental health because they shared that they would probably be picked out, picked on, ridiculed, teased, bullied even. Uh, just like the GSAs used to years ago, even sometimes still today they experience that. So we, they're still working on what they're going to, how they're going to do that. And, and the whole concept is to have within the school system and almost within every building is to have that safe haven where, whether it's after school or even during school, where kids can go and just be okay if they're not okay. Mm -hmm. To to make sure we carry that message, not just normalize the conversation, but you know what, it's okay to not feel alright today. What's not okay is to stay silent about it. So it's bringing in, there is a multi-tiered level that we can go. So we've begun with, um, I stepped in and I trained the entire faculty and guidance uh, staff at Brennan in a very basic, I mean, tip of the iceberg, just a little bit of information, what to look for, that whole QPR piece, then, and then how do you persuade the family, not just the child, but the family to get some support. And then we hope there is support out there for them to get. That's a major issue that we have, is not having enough resources. Um, and then um, the follow-up is gonna be so important. And a lot of that can be done peer-to-peer. -peer. So there are levels of, of education for the, for the adults, for the faculty. We can bring in education, and that's what we've been talking about. I'm more than sad is a great example of bringing that in. That can come into the students. That can come into students in middle and high school to have them talk about teen depression 
what does that look like? What does that feel like? How do I identify that that's what that was? Because we, we make this assumption that kids understand how to articulate what's going on inside, and sometimes they don't, especially if they have other issues um, facing them. And this does not all have to be like gloom and doom. This should be upbeat, positive, um, just it, it can be so we're going to be holding an event and well you actually are going to be holding an event and I want to and I think it's important that parents know that I think it's really important that the school take the lead on that that particular that that group that um, the student lead leadership, student leadership collaboration yeah, I yeah. mean whatever promotion goes out that should be the heading not us Mm. We should be down on the bottom yeah, we're as support. your partners. Yep. That this because I think that will make a huge difference to the parents and to your students. So holding events, you you all had a wonderful um, event last summer, stars for stars to heal scars that one of your students put yes. together with support. That's the kind of, of thing advisors, we need to see yeah. more of. We need to normalize this conversation. But here's the deal, and I hope as parents are listening, I need to share with you that you are the most difficult group to get to the table. And we can do all the work in your school, every building, every nook and cranny, and we can work with adults and with students involved in the school. This is not a school issue. It is a community-wide public health issue, and everybody needs to come to the table. Most importantly, parents, and we are working, by the way, we are working on making access to that information easy. Um, online 24-7 at your own time frame um, we have a training that's available for that for everybody that even can be used by the kids beyond that one of the things we have found in the past um, I've been doing public health for 35 years <laughs> is get them involved in community activities so we're looking at holding a 5k um, and a walk um, in in August um, that is a great opportunity. We saw that happen in our Taunton walk mm. that, no joke, for the last six years, 50% of the people who are at that are under 21. And they're coming because they want to help their peers. They, so we want to be able to also bring into the school a peer-to-peer -peer session. There's a couple out there, um, How Not to Keep a Secret, um, where the kids are trained. Um, just had a conversation this morning with the Department of Public Health saying, can we do a question persuade refer for kids? Can we go and, and train juniors and seniors in the high school and let them do the trainings in the school? Mm. And they went, well, let's look into that. I went, because they'll pay for it. That's a better part. Yes. <laughs> so there's a wide variety of things we can do. We have film projects that can be brought into the school where the kids document how they're feeling and what's going on around them. The masks that, that uh, are at Brennan School mm. blew me away. You know, and so projects like that, art, music, sports, um, even esports, I won't go there, but it's becoming a very big thing in high schools and working well. Um, uh, so there's so much we could, there is no limit. I think that's one of the beautiful things about it. There's no limit to what we can bring in outside the box, you know, not this state, it has to be this way. We said last night on a podcast, and I was talking with an international expert, he said the biggest mistake communities and schools make is they think there's only one process to use. Mm -hmm. Only one training, only one action, only one activity. It's got to be it's got to be the whole rainbow of what we do. Um, so we're ready to roll. Yeah, so the educator in me is really uh, happy to hear about how we're seeing leadership from our youth oh, on yeah. the subject. And I, I really I connect with your point about how um, I think kids uh, are, are want to fight the stigma around this issue. 
Um, I know that, you know, when I was a kid, you know, mental health as, as, a, as a topic was a thing that um, people really didn't want to discuss or be associated with. Right. And the fact that they, uh, I think, wisely see this as something apart from that and so don't want to necessarily uh, file it under that umbrella right. um, is, is, you know, to their testament because that's how we're going to help to get this out into the light of day Absolutely. And, and be able to, 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 to grapple with it as a community. Absolutely. So I know in terms of when Fuller, I think, started to collaborate with the school district was probably a couple months ago. Um, we had the, typically since um, I think the past couple years that Fuller has really been making an eff to, effort to create community partnerships. We've been focusing a lot on the adult population, podcasts and drop-in centers, both really great resources for individuals and parents who are looking for access to treatment and resources in an easy way. Um, but we really didn't dive deep into what do our schools need? So um, we had the opportunity to, uh, on a couple different occasions, to start coming into the schools. We did a presentation um, of our services to the nurses and the adjustment counselors, had some great one-to-one -one time with the adjustment counselors and talking about what are some of the needs of the students in terms of mental health and the parents. And it really started to broaden um, the realization that this is a tremendous area of need for, for our schools in general, not just, not just Attleboro, across across um, the country. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, um, started a conversation with Lori Regan um, and Jackie O'Brien and Anne Marie about starting an education series that we could um, set up to address um, trainings and uh, events that would bring awareness and break stigma around mental illness. At the same time, there was a really great opportunity that came about in which it was a grant opportunity to focus on bringing some outside mental health resources from the community into the school setting for one of for the next fiscal or school year. And so um, again, because of our relationships and collaborations, Fuller was brought to the table and um, again, broadening the conversation and the picture of what the needs are. And so here we are having um, pretty regular meetings to discuss a education series. Um, that kicks off, kicked off in March, and we're hoping to continue it throughout the year, every year. Um, yes, absolutely student-led wherever possible, and just us supporting them with the tools. Mm -hmm. um, I know for Fuller and for the coalitions, we're looking um, forward at how can we bring mental health services into the schools and help support our adjustment counselors and our faculty. Um, you know, I think outsourcing is great because you guys are an expert in education and we're experts in mental illness. This would probably be a good place to, you know, announce the exciting news that we were awarded a grant from the state. Uh, we're getting $110,000 <laughs> um, to help with that very thing, right? Yes. Uh, going to help uh, bring services uh, yes. in for our students. And, you know, as we've talked about, that, that's part of the issue here, right? You know we're we're not uh, the appropriate providers for the for those services, and so we need to reach out to the people who are. And I'm so happy that the state recognized this is an issue as well, and are helping to 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 make that possible. Um, I, I wanted to 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 circle back on um, this idea about you know parents and mm -hmm. the fact that this is something that uh, you know they should be concerned about. Um, and we I've heard you talk about how there's some research uh, that's come out recently that. Um, kind of challenges some of our assumptions about suicide as an issue. Yes. And, um, you know, uh, 
I know that when you told me, um, it really uh, challenged some of my preconceived notions about this. And I think it really gets back to one of the values of this partnership is that, you know, not only do we need um, help from the from the appropriate surface providers, but we as educa educators need to be educated about this issue and uh, need to realize some of the things that we believe, you know, might not be based on the most current uh, thinking about the issue. And so as as you help us, uh, will be become you know better uh, attuned to the issue on that front line with kids. I think two of the things that um, strike most parents, and I see it now that I'm doing all the trainings both in Alamore and Fall River right now, the faculty and guidance counselors, and then last night opened up a whole new can of worms. By the way, <laughs> with wonderful stuff that I didn't even that I didn't even know existed because I was that's what we do. I think, let me offer this to everybody who's listening. When you're involved in the field of suicidology, you never leave school. It's that important to understand. This is a, this is a fluid process mm -hmm. because now 10 to 15 years of research is only now coming to the surface. Uh, and I'll use a great example. The American Foundation of Suicide Prevention spent a lot of money researching what was going on with 13 in 12 and 13 year old girls and discovered that there is literally, who are bipolar, there is literally a chemical disconnection in the frontal lobe. Now that was an incredible breakthrough. The problem is they don't know how to treat it yet. Mm -hmm. The information you were talking about came out in July, um, and again, all these reports came from the Center for Disease Control. Uh, they spent all their money doing these things, not ours. Uh, actually, that probably is our money, isn't it? Yeah, Part it's of it. Taxpayer money. <laughs> right. All right, let's reverse that. Um, so a study came out in July that kind of blew open the field of suicidology that 54% of the people who die by suicide in this country do not have a mental illness. It's not that it was missed. It's not that it was avoided. It does not exist, which then says that for all the years that we have said, here's your checklist. Now, if your kid matches this checklist, we should be at risk. Now we say, throw that list out. That may be part of what goes on. But we also need to now be much more suicide alert and not get caught up in the hashtag, not my kid. Mm. It could, that's, we've been trying to say that for years, that suicide prevention is everybody's business and suicide can impact anybody, any family. And I can give information after information of people I've already met and, and worked with over the last decade that there was no mental illness there. It was something catastrophic, it was something impulsive. Kids in particular can be impulsive. That's what's scary for parents because they don't see it coming. They're, they may never have had anything to see it coming. Um, so it's knowing what's going on with your kids. So that's an important, the other piece of, the other detail was just as startling and that is that 30%, um, and I wanna say it was one of the national domestic violence groups that did it initially, but 30% of parents did not know two things, that their kids had been experiencing abuse, either through boyfriend-girlfriend, whatever the relationship was. They were experiencing dating violence at the youngest of ages, friendship violence. Um, but also that 30% of the parents did not know that their kids actually had the word suicide crossed their brain, mm -hmm. that they might be self-injuring, didn't notice they were wearing long sleeves all the time, long pants in the summertime to cover up the scars. Um, that's an important piece of information in education. You know, it's uncomfortable to talk about, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be scary. If we throw it out on the table, what, what's, what's the thing that used to bother us, I'll, I'll probably still does, it's the unknown. 
you know, I used to say I never had a problem going to school. I love school, except when I didn't do my homework. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then I was really uncomfortable because she's going to call on me, she's going to call on me. So it's about taking a really upbeat, positive approach to this. We, we know what the problem is. We don't understand why it happens scientifically. We don't have that data. It doesn't exist. But what we do know is that if we go further upstream, um, and we can catch kids at a younger and younger age, but that involves the family. And not just the family, it involves the faith-based community. It involves sports teams, coaches, yep. um, any activity that kid, boys and girls, anywhere kids are, we all have to make that commitment and take that step to say, it'll be my business too. Yeah, no, I mean, that research really uh, stunned me. You know, stunned I, us too. I, you know, as, as a parent, uh, I, I can't say that I have spent much time worrying about suicide as a, as a family issue. Right. You know, I'm lucky my, 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 my two boys don't suffer from depression. So I, I felt like, you know, in the absence of something like that, yeah. that this is not one of the things I don't need to worry about, but that, you know, around half of them aren't associated with anything like that. Right makes me say, well, wait a second, am I missing signs? And, uh, okay. you know, yeah. um, not that I am, but I, if I don't look, how do I, how can I really be certain? And so this really affects everybody. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, exactly. And we're looking, at it because then it gets to be subtle. It's not sudden. It never is. So if I'm a parent at home and I'm listening to this and this, we've, we've got your attention, uh, what kind of resources are available uh, to people? There are a wealth of resources and they're all going to be up on the school's website within the week, I believe. Uh, well, at least I'm going to get them here to the school <laughs> and then we'll see how long. There are, there are all kinds of resources and they come from vetted organizations and agencies that are working in the field. Um, one of the things you can do even here locally um, is that we have a grief support. We call it the kitchen table conversation. We have three across the county. Last night came, it proved again the point and another article came out yesterday. Uh, Joanne Harpel is an expert in the field of suicide loss and grief and her daughter wrote an, uh, an op-ed on what it's like to grow up talking about suicide from the time you're a toddler and understanding the impact it has on you and how having that information can save a life. Hmm. Um, so we have we have peer-to-peer -peer work. We also have, because we know that we have, just by the numbers in the county, and just take Adel the greater Attleboro communities around us, a substantially high number of people who have attempted suicide. And those that's the tip of the iceberg. Only the ones who reported it are the ones we know about. Where do they go to help improve the quality of life and maintain that balance? Well, some will go to counseling, no doubt about it. That's a good thing. Many would prefer just to hang out with someone who understands what they experience. I cannot tell a stem survivor what's going on in their heads. Not my, not my bag of tricks. Mm -hmm. However, so we have peer-to-peer -peer for that. But we also have peer-to-peer -peer for the largest population of all, and that is the impacted family. And that was part of our Twitter chat last night, too, is that millions of people like me have someone who has had some form of suicidality. It could be self-injury, non-suicidal self-injury cutting. It could be just suicidal thinking. It could be anxiety, super anxiety and depression. And the parents may not have seen that, or maybe they did, got over to Fuller. They're working on that. But then what's happening is who's taking care of the parents? So we as parents had to learn how to take care of ourselves. Oxygen mask, axiom, axiom. When that sucker drops down on the plane, your kids are beside you. You've still got to put it on you first. Right. Or you might not get to save that kid. 
And that's our whole purpose with the Impacted Family and Friends um, movement that is now taking, by the way, across the country and we're taking it to Ireland in September. So oh. that's really exciting. Going international. Yeah, going international. <laughs> well, back locally. <laughs> Gary, what, uh, what, what are we doing over at Fuller? All right. So if... For anybody who's interested in learning more about our services at Fuller, and I, and I can't emphasize enough that, you know, yes, we specialize in individuals who have um, mental illness, but we also focus a lot on mental wellness. And we understand, and it's not shocking to hear about the percentages that you were talking about, because, you know, sometimes mental illness can be comes from various um from various resources and mental wellness needs. And so sometimes people can just be having a difficult time. Does it mean they have a diagnosis? Right. Um, so we are an amazing outlet in general for your mental health needs. And so Fuller, which is located at 200 May Street in Attleboro, um, you can actually go to our brand new website if you are interested in learning more about our services or contacting us. It's www.fullerhospital.com. If you're interested in talking to me directly about our um, services um, and some of the community partnerships that I'm about to mention, you can contact our main number 508-761-8500 or if it's easier to remember, we have a vanity number, 833-3-FOLLER, and I'm Carrie Ballou at extension 2354. Now, um, I'd mentioned we have two amazing um, outlets and uh, resources for mental health. So we have a drop-in center that's held the last Wednesday of every month. It's called the You Are Not Alone Drop-In Center. Mm. It is a fantastic opportunity to come and ask questions or gather resources or seek immediate options for voluntary treatment and also to get free Narcan training with Narcan mm -hmm. um, in a somewhat reasonable time frame after work, but also under the, um, the auspice of the fact that we really focus on anonymity. We're not going to expect you to give your name or information. You can come in and simply just inquire for yourself or someone else. You can actually reach us on Facebook at at Attleboro Recovery or type in the You Are Not Alone drop-in center. And again, that's the last Wednesday of every month at 505 North Main Street in Attleboro, which is Murray Unitarian Universalist Church, and we're there from 5.30 to 8 p.m. Uh, Fuller also has collaborated with uh, WARA and AACS on a podcast. We're going into year two of our podcast called Exploring Mental Illness, and we are about to record episode 16 and have had over 3,000 downloads. Um, it is also on Facebook at, at Exploring Mental Illness, or you can go to the WARA radio uh, website and you can access our podcast from there or download it off iTunes and Stitcher. Well, that is wonderful. Jackie, do you have anything you'd like to add? I'm just gonna be, I'll be really <laughs> brief. You didn't even need me here today. So really, basically my role in this whole um, piece of suicide awareness and education is really coordinating hmm. in public health it is all about the relationships so really it's the relationships that I've established with Anne Marie with the schools with the uh, Fuller Hospital in Cary I'm the gatekeeper I'm kind of a gatekeeper and I'm working on trying to get people to come to our cause to help us out because one person just can't carry the load by themselves we need all the community partners as many as we can get and I'm working on establishing other relationships uh, about a month ago I met with families for uh, depression awareness and I met with their yeah. teen specialist and she's going to be a crew I've got all kinds of material and I'm she's going to be um, 
a critical, uh, not should say critical, but a valuable resource for us. I've sent information to some of the school nurse leaders and to Lori Regan about the, the um, materials that they have available, about free trainings that they have available too. So again, this is another piece that we're going to be able to bring in. And I, you know, look forward to our continued collaborations. And I'm just going to end it there. Well, I'm here to tell you the <laughs> students of Attleboro are very lucky to have such great community partners that are looking out for their well-being and willing to help us to do a better job of meeting their needs. So I, I, I thank you all. Uh, Jackie, Carey, Emery, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, and, thanks uh, for having us, yeah. On behalf of the Attleboro Public Schools, I'd just like to thank all of our listeners, and uh, this was a very informative thank you.